is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Red Belt Report, the monthly podcast where we talk about the latest UFC and MMA fights going on in the world of sports. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm Brooks Phelan. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. Been away for a little bit, but, you know, it's a good thing that there hasn't been too many UFC events this month, so... Plenty of plenty of stuff to talk about. We got UFC 203 all the way up to UFC 204 a couple weeks ago, and we will be previewing the epic UFC 205 in Madison Square Garden, the UFC's premiere in New York. Biggest fight card of all time. Yes, in my opinion. It's crazy, crazy year to have it because we just had 200, and we all thought that was yeah. they, all those title fights and the weird format. And not to mention the two Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor fights, which were the two highest uh, grossing yeah. pay-per-views of all time. Wild year. And being sold. Yeah. And we'll talk about 206 and 207 towards the end of the show, which have potential to be huge as well. So yeah. I guess we shouldn't waste too much time since we got so much stuff to go over. <laughs> let's Let's rewind the clock back to... Just after episode eight of our podcast, when it was September, middle of September, I believe, and UFC on Fox twenty one uh, per, came on Fox, obviously, <laughs> after UFC two hundred two, and the main event, you had Damian Maya versus Carlos Condit. Uh, I believe we both predicted Condit to win that fight. Yeah. We were both. Horribly wrong. Very wrong. Yes. Well, Damian Maya submits Carlos Condit in less than two minutes in very impressive fashion. I don't think he took one strike of damage himself, and that's been a trend in his fights lately. Yeah, he's been hit like 15 times in the last five fights or something crazy like that. Yeah. So he... It was... It, they're standing... It looked like Condit was wary of the takedown, and rightfully so, because he threw a kick and... Got pressured against the fence, taken down easily. Damian Maya once on the mat. Even a veteran in Condit couldn't couldn't stop him. He yeah, got him. He sliced through his guard and right into yeah. It was a full mount. Even hit him with a couple shots on the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he got full mount. Then to yeah, the back. Bad. Yeah, and he he went out cold. Very impressive performance. What did you think? What did you make of that? that I mean, that's if you. A huge Maya fan. I mean, he could have expected that, but I just didn't expect it to happen at Condit. Yeah, especially fight. not so quick. Yeah, definitely not. It was very impressive. It was, I thought, I mean, there's just so many people at Welterweight now getting in line for a title shot. I thought that would definitely put Maya way up there, but he couldn't yeah. really take it away from Stephen Thompson after the Rory fight, but 
Yeah, no doubt about that. But he's got to be right up there next. Yeah. Um, a lot of talk about maybe if GSP comes back, maybe Damian Maya could be a potential opponent for him. But, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could go here. They could match him up maybe against Robbie Lawler. Or just yeah. he could just sit out and wait for the winner of Woodley versus Thompson. And not, he would have every right to do so. Word on the street is the UFC wanted GSP to fight Mike Bisping. That was on the table. Yeah, I have a feeling that's still going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah, it's going to definitely probably have to be at a later date because it's getting way too close to them. Eh, I'm going to have time to sell it. I don't think they need time to sell GSP in Toronto. I agree, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, about them needing to reintroduce him was just, no, I mean, that didn't make... It's about six weeks away from UFC 206, which is... Almost exactly the time away it was when they announced uh, Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez for 205. So if it's going to happen, it's going to either be at the end of this week or maybe beginning of next week. If it goes beyond that, then maybe, yeah, it might have to get pushed back. Yeah. And, uh, and with that whole Conor McGregor and Alvarez thing, it's kind of throwing me off. It's, I can't say that I don't like it, but usually when they announce cards, they're like three, four months away. Yeah, especially the main event, you know. I've just always thought of... Like, I've been thinking of 205 as this off-distance thing, and, like, here it is, like, two weeks away. Two weeks away. Yeah, I know. Crazy. The new thing is, let's announce the whole card, have people think, oh, that's it, and then announce the main event at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to work for this card. I don't know how how many other people that would work for. You yeah, know, they exactly. Announce Ronda's return plenty of time. Yeah, that's true. But GSP, if he returned, that'd be pretty huge, so... Yeah, I don't know. Especially in Canada. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so Carlos Condit coming off the, his second consecutive loss, albeit I thought he won his fight before this. He's again talking retirement. He just he sounds really down in the dumps about the way everything's been going this year. Yeah. You think he'll be back? Uh, I don't know. He's talked it before and... He said he just doesn't know if he's good enough to be fighting at this level. Which, which I is think crazy. Is, it's a little drastic when, I mean, it's Damian Myers. Just, he's done it to everybody. Yeah, exactly. He's made everyone look bad. Even Gunnar Nelson, who's like a jiu-jitsu ace yeah. himself, made him look like a novice. I'm sure it's not good for his confidence, but I don't think he should jump to those conclusions so fast. He could make a lot more money fighting. Yeah, for sure. I hope he continues. He's definitely, like, I. he's probably my favorite fighter of all time. So I hope he continues, but at the same time, he's had a good career. He's probably made a lot of money. I think he had a decent amount of money before he started fighting. So, you know, if he wants to save his brain some injuries, that's perfectly understandable. Yeah, he seems like an intelligent guy, so yeah, I'm sure whatever he decides to do would be well off. Can't really get mad at anybody that wants to retire from this sport at any yeah. time. So. We'll see. Time will tell. Also on that card, as the co-main event was Anthony Showtime Pettis making his featherweight debut against Charles Dubronx Oliveira, and thought he was pretty impressive in his first fight down, dropping 10 pounds to featherweight. Submitted him in the third round after piecing him up a little bit on the feet, although yeah. he it was a pretty close fight, uh, especially in the second round. I thought it was pretty evenly matched, but... I thought it was a lot of fun, and I was happy to see Showtime get uh, get back on the winning side of things, get his name right back to the top of a weight class. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, Oliver is no slouch, so it was impressive to see him do that. Yeah, he took some he's, shots. He's no smaller than him. Oh Maybe yeah, for sure. Yeah, but to submit the submission artist himself, that was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Also, it's so weird. Like Anthony Pettis today, apparently somebody blew up three of his cars out front of his house. Did yeah, you see I that? saw that. They lit him, lit him on fire. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Who knew he had enemies like that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. Also just announced today that his next fight will be at UFC 206, speaking of, against Max Holloway. That has to be for a top contender's fight, if not interim title or interim interim title at this point. Really? Um, God. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible fight right there. Yeah, that whole situation kind of sucks. I feel bad for Holloway. What's he on, a 9 or 10 fight win streak? Yeah, I can't, Yeah, it's either 9 or 10. I think it's 9, <laughs> but it might actually be 10. And the guy just does nothing but win. And win impressively and just has to keep fighting. Yeah, and they gave Holder the interim title and now he's refusing to fight. And he got Connor up at lightweight. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there because Aldo says he's retiring, but then he said that the, his fans talked him out of it. Oh, so I didn't hear that. I think that's, I mean, it was a not an official inter- like thing, but yeah. I think it was like a some kind of post on social media or something. Hopefully, hope yeah, hope he doesn't. I don't know. He talked to Dana White, and McGregor did say he's willing to give up one of his belts after after he wins his second belt, he says. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be the 45 that he gives up. Now. Yeah. I, w- I would have liked to see Holloway just get the straight-up title shot right away, but it's hard to resist a, a fight against Showtime. So. Yeah, I mean, that'll be a good fight. Either way, the winner will will probably fill it. Aldo, I would I would assume, and that yeah, would be awesome too. That would definitely make the most sense. And Charles Oliveira coming off the loss, he has a fight coming up uh, against Ricardo Lamas, so that'll be pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. Paige Van Sant knocked out Beck Rawlings in the second round with a flying crane kick. <laughs> did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did. That was impressive. That was wild. Yeah, who knew? Dancing with the Stars, now she's the next Karate Kid, I don't know. Seems so long ago, I'm like stretching my brain to remember all this. I know, right? <laughs> we'll go a little quick through this, but yeah, that was impressive, and now she's headlining the next Fox card against uh, Michelle Waterson. She's headlining that? Yeah. Oh, wow. It looks like a, more of a prospect kind of card, because you got Mickey Gall versus... Um, what's his face? Northcutt. North, yeah, Sage Northcutt, and you got Uriah Hall's retirement fight. Yeah, and some other prospects. Uriah Faber. Yeah, yeah, Uriah Hall's <laughs> retiring. Uh, he's had enough. Yeah, Uriah Faber. And also on the this Fox card, we had Jim Miller versus Joe Lozon in another great fight where yeah. Miller won by decision. Yeah, I actually didn't see that one, but I heard it was a bloodbath. Yeah, it was good. It was not quite as good as their epic first one, but still, just yeah. a back-and-forth contest where could have went either way. I had it for Miller, and that's who got the nod, so yeah, that is that. Two veterans. Yeah, for sure. They could fight ten times and probably be great every time. Next up, we had UFC Fight Night 93 uh, in Germany. This was the comeback tour for a bunch of people. We had 
Josh Barnett defeat Andre Arlovsky in, in the fourth round by submission. I actually didn't see any of these fights because uh, I was on Fight Pass, I think, during the day, and I was working. So Yeah, I think I, was, I didn't see it either. But I heard, you know, Barnett versus Arlovsky was pretty good. I heard they both beat the crap out of each other a little bit, and then uh, yeah. Barnett subbed him in the fourth. Uh, Alexander Gustafson came back and beat Jan Bland, Blandovich. Blackovich. Blackovich, yeah. Uh, by decision, pretty straightforward from what I understand. And that's good to see him get back on the, the winning track, except now he's hurt again. Could be out for a while. Is he? Yeah, he was supposed, supposed to fight Little Nog coming up, but now Ryan Bader is going to fight him instead. And speaking of Ryan Bader, he defeated Alir Latifi by knockout on this card. There are a bunch of studs on that card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to a pay-per-view event, UFC 203 at the end of September. First, you had the heavyweight championship where Stipe Miocic defeated Alistair Overeem in the first round via TKO. This was an awesome fight. Yeah, it was. It's back and forth. Yeah, back and forth affair looked like both guys could get finished at any given time. Uh, <laughs> Overeem says he, he felt me steep a tap, which yeah. <laughs> clearly video evidence showed that was not the case. That was so awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Rogan said afterwards, like, I really should not be talking to these people right after they just got severe head trauma. Yeah. It's like, I'll never do it again. Yeah, we'll see about that, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Stipe, impressive. I mean, Overeem hit him with a huge kick to the face. Yeah, right. Had him in a tight guillotine, and he escaped, and he punished him. He chased him down after that. His hands are, I think they're getting, they've always been good, but I think actually his boxing is getting better and better. He really puts some power at some awkward positions. He doesn't have to, like, get the perfect shot in to, to knock somebody out anymore. Yeah, well, you saw that in the Verdeem fight. I mean, yeah, exactly. And you did kind so. of similar stuff here. Uh, yeah, for a heavyweight fight, this is pretty much as good as it gets. Yeah, it's about what you expect. And it was awesome because this was in Cleveland, and he defended his belt in Cleveland. Pretty yeah, cool. I was so nervous when he got hit with that kick. I was like, oh, no. I know, I thought that was that's a wrap, but no. Yeah. He's tough, tough as nails. Yeah. And it's just funny, this is the year for Cleveland sports where the Cavaliers win the NBA title, Indians could be on their way to winning the World Series, and Stipe brings the belt home to... Is there a game, is there a game tonight? No, tonight is f the day off, this is travel yeah. day, they'll be in Chicago starting tomorrow for three games. Very interesting. That's the red ball report. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, uh, Stipe is taking a bit of a break, hiatus. He deserves it. He's had a pretty full schedule lately, and I think he's just going to wait to fight the winner of Fabricio Verdun versus Cain Velasquez Part 2, which happens at the end of this year. I think I'd like to see him fight Cain instead of a rematch with Verdun. Yeah, but we'll I see. Agree. Either way, it's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. not a fan of Verdun myself. Speaking of the guy you're not a fan of, he defeated Travis Brown by decision. And shit got weird afterwards. Yeah, when, a little, uh, little scuffle after. The piece of shit Edgar Tarverian tar started talking crap to him after he clearly just beat the guy's fighter. 
Verdum had none of that. Kicked him in the chest. Yeah. Love tap was not a real kick. No. And and we almost had a strike force situation. Yeah, he squared up immediately. Yeah. I like didn't even notice it when it first happened. I had to like go back and watch a replay of it. Yeah. That was a wacky fight because right all, right away Verdum comes out does this flying head kick that was pretty yeah. awesome. And I was like, oh, he's just going to dominate him and knock him out in impressive fashion. But then it kind of was like a boring fight. I mean, he just controlled it after that. And, yeah, and then the crazy stuff at the end. But. Yeah, Travis Brown's probably be a Bellator fighter eventually. Yep, especially with the way they're cutting guys with the new owners. Yeah, I he's the most overrated heavyweight maybe in history. Yeah. Or I don't know if he – now he might be, not be overrated because I just think he's getting worse and worse. Yeah, I don't think so. – I don't. I agree. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's just—he's just bad. Bottom, bottom of the rung heavyweight. Yeah, but he had such a great start to his career that he has—he keeps fighting these good fighters and getting embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty sad not, for him. Not looking good for that camp. No. Yeah. Let's see what Rousey does. It could be if she loses again, they might just implode. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like nervous for her. <laughs> Nuna's not going to be easy. No, certainly not. We'll definitely talk about that at some point for sure. Um, All right, so the real main event, CM Punk versus (laughs) Mickey Gall. Oh, man. Pretty epic. (laughs) This was... Pretty uh, epically embarrassing. Randy Couture versus James Turney Part 2. Right. Except this time it was against a 23-year-old, like, 2-0 fighter and not Randy Couture, one of the best of all time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Mickey Gall just immediately pops him, takes him down, ground and pound, damages him, subs him. Yeah, didn't uh, take long at all. Yeah, I, CM Punk didn't land a single punch. Well, maybe did he sh- actually did from the ground, like from the bottom, but they were like not really punches. Yeah, did you see the gif of like his one punch on the feet exchange? <laughs> yeah, this is garbage. It was like embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I think you could have thrown a better punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was still a pretty cool moment, though. Like you could tell, the crowd was into it. It was like a what freak show event, but there was a buzz in the air for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it, to, to be honest, it looked a lot like the sparring sessions they showed on that TV show leading up to it. Yeah, yeah maybe that yeah, wasn't <laughs> wasn't the best idea to show exactly what you're gonna do. Yeah, it looked very similar to that. He was on his back every sparring session. Yeah. I will give uh, Phil Brooks some credit, though, for... I mean, he was tough. He took some shots. He didn't submit immediately. I mean, he he was, he was seemed like he was trying to tough it out as much as he could, and he had a good attitude about it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, why wouldn't you when you get paid as much as he did? And Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the elephant in the room. How do they pay that man half a million dollars? <laughs> because he probably... Oh. Was the reason for half of the pay per view buys that they? Yeah, got. that really surprised me when that came out. Yeah, not as not as. Oh, you thought it was more than? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it was definitely what it was like four hundred twenty-five thousand. Uh, I thought it was like eight hundred. No, I think it maybe was I'm mistaken. Four twenty-five, I believe. Uh, I thought it was going to hit half a half a million, but still pretty good for this card. I mean, there was I mean a good heavyweight fight, but other than that, really not much going on. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's crazy. They can't do this again, right? <laughs> no way. 
I mean, they, even Dana White said right after, he's like, uh, I don't think CM Punk's next fight will be in the UFC. <laughs> maybe, like, don't sign people off the street who've never yeah. even practiced. <laughs> that's just crazy. But yeah, well, that's enough of that. Now, hopefully we never talk about CM Punk again, unless it's for Bellator or something like that. Yeah, I cannot believe, though, that they gave Mickey Gall to Sage Northcutt already. Mickey Gall's going to beat him. I think Sage is going to dismantle him. Mickey Gall is good, dude. He's not bad, but I, I think Sage Northcutt's in a different league. Did you see how easily he destroyed the best fighter of our generation in CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it'll be, a, it'll, it'll be a real test, uh, I think. Yeah. I like that fight a lot. And yeah, Mickey, I, I agree. I good, was like... When, he called him out. I was like, "Man, they better make that yeah, fight." Yeah, really exactly. Good for Gall. I mean, he 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 made himself in this position. He called out CM Punk, made this fight happen. He, you know, he beat Mike Jackson, whoever it was, to get this fight. Which I mean, seemed like a gimme, but he still had to go through with it. And now he's made the next step to really put himself in the spotlight once again. Yeah. So even if he's not great, he's at least made himself a name in the sport and gives himself some leeway. Yeah, it's just crazy to me all of the stuff they had to do to get CM Punk's fight. Like, they had Mickey Gall on the Looking for a Fight show, and then they had Mickey Gall fight that guy Mike Jackson, which was not a UFC fight. Yeah, exactly. And then they build, they give CM Punk his own TV show, and then it was just crazy to me all the stuff they had to do, and then they paid him half a million dollars for that fight. Yeah. I don't think that's something the new owners <laughs> would be doing. So No, I definitely I, I want to not talk about it right now, but... Later in this podcast, I really want to talk about the new ownership and their strategy moving forward. Yeah, there's I a think lot of interesting things. There. Very interesting, very interesting stuff. So, all right, uh, Jimmy Rivera defeated Uriah Faber by decision. Pretty one-sided affair. Um, yeah. Faber just looks slower, and it, it he's retiring for a reason. Yeah, he definitely didn't look like himself in that fight. I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Jimmy Rivera is good, for sure. I thought that a very good win for him against a big-name opponent in a bantamweight division that is just stacked with prospects. Yeah. And uh, he hurt his eye, I think. I don't know how long he'll be out, but good win for yeah. him. And Uriah Faber, a guy who I've really started not to enjoy watching all that much in the last few years, so... But, yeah, I mean, that, after that Dominic Cruz fight, it was so bad. I was just kind of over it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it'll be cool to, to – I'm glad he gave some, like, lead-up to his retirement fight. At least we can appreciate it one more time and then – Yeah. I'm sure yeah. – we'll still see him around. He's probably going to coach for a while. And After the whole Team Alpha Male drama with Dwayne and then TJ, I think everybody's kind of over it. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, like – they had a lot of fire behind that camp when they were all winning with Dwayne, and then in a couple of years with all that drama, it's just like yeah. kind of like get over I it. I think it's just the fact that they couldn't get over the top and win a title for the longest time. Probably yeah, really true. made some seeds of distrust and like become like, are we really that good? And yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, real quick, Jessica Andrade defeated Joanne Calderwood by decimation. She looks amazing at strawweight. Uh, I think she'll be getting a title shot before too long. And Betch Kahea defeated Jessica I to get back on the winning track after that surprised me. A loss to Ronda Rousey. 
That really surprised me. Did you think she lost the decision or just that she won in general? Just that she won in general surprised me. Yeah, she's not very skilled. She has good instincts, I think, but she's not, like, technically sound. Yeah. Yeah, and Jessica I is no slouch. I mean, she didn't look great, but... Yeah, I mean, she's a tough fighter for sure. She's had a really bad luck run here in the UFC, though. I think she's, like, one in four in the UFC just because she's fought really tough competition and won some close de- or lost some close decisions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot she had a, has been on a bad run. But, I mean, she's still pretty good. For someone with that kind of record, she's very good. Yeah. You wouldn't expect it. Exactly. All right, next up, we got... Ultimate Fight Night 94 against <laughs> against Michael Johnson defeats Dustin Poirier by a first round knockout. This was heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Dustin Poirier is my boy, probably a top 10 fighter for me. I thought he's been looking better and better at lightweight. And I thought he looked pretty good in the opening minute of this fight. But man... Michael Johnson nice just one twoed him, pop pop, out cold. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> this is a beautiful knockout. Yeah, it was. It was rough. And then he does the 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 thing where he stands over him, mocking him, doing the money sign. A little, <laughs> a little uncalled for, but yeah, it was. At the same time, in this day and age, like, yeah, you know, I can't blame a fighter for even if it's negative publicity. You got to get. Do whatever you can to get your name out there and have people remember you. Yeah, definitely. Whether you're going to be a hero or a villain, you got to do something. So I kind of respect him for that. He's at least getting heat around his name. And now what? He's got a fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov coming up. So, Which is no easy task there. For sure. But, I mean, he put himself in that position despite, like, not having that great of a recent record. So Yeah. And, boy, man, that sucks. Uh, Hopefully he bounces back real Real quick. Yeah, he needs to get on a little bit of a win streak or do something quickly. He was 4-0 at lightweight after losing to McGregor, but he's a little chinny, I think. He got knocked out by McGregor on a kind of a grazing shot and then this, so he's got to be careful with that. Yeah. That usually goes downhill faster than not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's an entertaining fighter. He's willing to throw, like, trade bombs and just, you know, go at it back and forth. But that's not a great strategy for a long career. No, definitely not. And uh, the only other fight of note here was Derek Brunson knocking out Uriah Hall in the first round, which is kind of a BS stoppage on the referee's part, but looked like it was just delaying the inevitable, even if he didn't call it off. Uh, First time Hall has been... Knocked out in his career. And Derek Brunson is on a tear. He's, yeah, he is. I don't think he's sellable, but he's winning. Yeah, he tried to call for a title shot after this fight, which is just insane. But, yeah, he's a, he's a good fighter. He's well-rounded. He's entertaining to watch, but, yeah, you're right. He has no heat at the moment. No. He's got a... Go ahead. That division is just so many people. Yeah, at the top of that division is pretty crazy. Yeah. He's going to yeah. have to eventually beat one of the top five to seven guys to really put himself yeah. over. Kind of sucks because if you don't get a fight against one of those top five or so guys, like 
there's not much you can do, even if you do have a nice win like that. Yep, that's true. They're yeah, and his next fight is a tough one against Robert Whitaker, another guy in a similar position to him. He's a good uh, up-and-coming guy, so I'd hate to see either one of them lose just because you like to see new blood injected every once in a while, but the winner should be in a position to get a really big fight after that. Yeah, definitely. And Uriah Hall all of a sudden is fighting Gegard Mousasi again to headline UFC Fight Night 99 because of the... Um, Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson backed out of an injury against Dong Hyung Kim, and they needed a new main event at the last second. Not super interested in that fight, uh, but I hope and I think Musasi will revenge to the knockout. Yeah, I think so. Musasi's a pretty uh, steady fighter, so I think he'll he'll be able to go in there and take care of it pretty easily. Yeah, and he's got a new attitude lately. <laughs> like I like it. Yeah, he we'll get to it, but his last fight was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're moving on to UFC Fight Night '95, which was in Brazil, and you had Christine Cyborg Justina defeating Lena Landsberg by a second round knockout. Brutal, brutal fight to watch here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost with her, it's like a fight against herself to see if she can make weight. Yeah, I know, and they're putting her against these like nobodies who. Yeah. It's. Inevitable what's going to happen. It's just how long is this person going to last? Yeah. I think they can't do this again. They have to give her a real challenge next. Yeah, of some sort. I mean, I'm such a fighter. Yeah, a lot of people say that in the public, and then it never seems to happen for some reason. Uh, yeah. But I, I think they are starting to angle towards something because, I, I mean, you heard Dana White say Ronda Rousey wants to fight Cyborg, and she'll do it at 140. You never heard Ronda say that herself yet, but at least yeah. it's changed since if she wants to fight Rousey, she's got to make it all the way down to 135. Yeah. So They had that protection for a while, but now it's, I guess that's gone. Yeah. I think Cyborg could be a big-time fighter in the UFC. I wish they would just give her her own weight class to rule over. Yeah. I don't know why they don't. If they're going to just keep having her fight to catch weight, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, either... Yeah, give her a big fight at her. Even if you don't bring the whole division over, why not have the fights at 145 and just say it's a featherweight fight, even if you don't have a belt for that weight class or even have any other fights? Didn't they just do it with 115 or whatever? 125, yeah. 125? Yeah, exactly. I don't see that. It doesn't make any sense, but they refuse to do it for her. Yep. I think they want her to miss weight. Yeah, yeah. They, she keeps defying them at every turn. Yeah. And I'm, I've never been a big fan of her, but I'm kind of rooting for her at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very much of a fan of her either, but that's, I mean, you know she's going to win when she goes in there, so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of indifferent to it. She's fun to watch. She just decimates people. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely got great striking. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Henan Burrell finally gets a win after moving up to 145 by defeating Philip Nover by decision, but it wasn't exactly impressive. No. Uh, I don't know. This guy went from being like a pound-for-pound pound guy to barely beating no like crappy featherweights. It's yeah, weird. I think that's Casey Usada. It could be that. Yeah, it could be just... I mean, he has had like 40, 50 fights, even though yeah. he's not that old. So... I don't know. That's just weird to me. 
He was like one of my favorite guys to watch a couple years ago. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely strange. Another strange thing, Roy Nelson defeating Antonio Silva, knocking him out in the second round, and then kicking John McCarthy for not stopping right. it earlier. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. Flipped, flipped him off. And... Yeah, it's just, that's crazy because the guy, Jason High, like barely pushes the referee a few years back and gets cut and told he'll never be back. But Roy Nelson kicks John McCarthy and it's like, yeah, I've heard anything out on it since. At first, I feel like they said like he's definitely going to get in a lot of trouble, but I haven't heard anything yeah, about it. Clearly, they're just hoping people forget about that because he's yeah. Roy Nelson and he has a name. That's uh, Yeah, I just couldn't believe it when I saw that. Yeah, it was very strange. I was so confused. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And Bigfoot Silva is released. He's yeah, one of him. the recent cuts. And he's already signed with the Russian promotion. So, Has he? Yeah. Maybe he'll fight Fedor or something. That would be interesting. Yeah. Something tells... Yeah, they're... I mean, they're both... Since the last time they fought each other, man, that's going to be a shit show. Yeah. If it happens, if it happens. It's hard to get excited for Fedor for me after he got just the shit beat out of him from... Fabio. Fabio, yeah. And then won the decision. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I actually think it got overturned. Well, they overturned it, but the Russian Fighting Federation refuses to recognize it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. That, that doesn't sound Russian. I don't know what does. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have Ultimate Fight Night '96, and it, this was an awesome main event between John Lineker and John Donson, where yeah. Lineker got the nod, the judges' nod, split decision. Who did you score this for? I I mean, I thought Lineker won, but I can see the argument for Dotson. Yeah, same here. I don't know, though, because I'm a bigger fan of Lineker than I am of Dotson, so it's hard to say in a fight that's so close was I being biased just because I like the other guy more. But I I did score it 48-47 for Lineker. But it was an awesome fight. I mean, they both... very exciting. Throwing just heavy, heavy shots and just... Not even getting knocked down at any point, I don't think, anybody. Yeah. Or, yeah, Lineker got knocked down a few times, but just awesome. I mean, there was lulls in the action where it was just, like, stalking each other, but then all of a sudden there'd be this burst where they're flurrying back and forth. And Yeah. thought it was Definitely. just an awesome fight. Showcase what can happen on those lower weight classes. Yeah. Real exciting. If either one of those guys was fighting anybody else in that division, they would have won by knockout. Yeah, Definitely. So, Which I didn't really know that Dotson had a chin like that. But yeah, me either, does. man. No one else has taken Lineker's shots like yeah. that. Lineker, though, I mean, that's a huge win for him. And yeah, I think does. I think he's a fight or two away now from a title shot. Obviously, we know Cruz is fighting Garbrandt next. So I, I'd give me TJ Dillashaw versus John Lineker all yeah, day, definitely. every day. I thought Dillashaw would definitely be getting the shot, but yeah, so did I. I'm actually, I'm actually very surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be for marketing purposes, but yeah. I mean, what is uh, Cody's rank? Uh, probably like six or seven. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's pretty low down there to get the title shot, but but they have built it up pretty fast with the trash talk, and he's been impressive on a big stage in his last couple knockouts, so. Yeah. 
We'll see. I, I think he might just be. It's too early for his career. I think he needs more time before he could beat someone at Cruz's stature. Especially like his style. He just throws those big wide hooks. I think Cruz is going to run around that all yeah. day. I mean, there's always a chance he could catch him and and floor him. But yeah, I think there's like eighty percent chance Cruz just dances and dodges and pecks him and wins by decision. Yeah, definitely. But for John Dotson, I don't even—I don't think this loss hurts him very much at all. It's like one of these fights that whoever won, it was going to be a huge win. But whoever lost, it wasn't going to affect their their uh, status either way. Yeah, especially the way the fight went. Yeah, he's going to get a big fight next and could easily bounce right back into it. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, trying to think who I'd like to see him fight, but. No one's really popping out off the top of my head. Maybe Brian Caraway, but yeah, he's coming off a win. They don't usually do a win versus a loss. I don't know. It'll be something entertaining. Yeah, I think that'd be a good matchup. And the other fight on here was Alex Oliveira defeating Will Brooks and then doing the X-Pac chop to him after, <laughs> after he knocked him out in the third round. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy Oliveira missed weight by like... 10 pounds or something and Will Brooks said it was unprofessional and he's a motherfucker and Cowboy took that as literally he's a motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and came in with the vendetta against him. That's funny. I I was surprised to see Will Brooks lose like that but... I mean Oliveira was so much bigger. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfair. You go from like so awesome and Bellator champ to getting beat by an unranked <laughs> yeah. lightweight. That's pretty crazy. And his first fight wasn't too exciting either in the UFC. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what's going on there. But maybe he's got to drop the weight or I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll pull an Eddie Alvarez and come back and get a title shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll win two more split decisions and get a title shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, all right. Now we're up to UFC 204. Your boy Dan Henderson challenging Michael Bisbing, beating Michael. Bisbing. <laughs> all right, for, for the middleweight championship. Controversial that he even got the nod to fight Michael Bisbing for a second yeah. time in the rematch, but I think it is defensible because, yeah, okay. Are you there's much more deserving people. Chris Weidman hasn't fought in forever. Last fight was a loss to Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold just lost to Michael Bisping. Don't think it's something he deserves immediate rematch because he's only had the belt for one fight. And he got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. Jacare was coming off a loss to Yoel Romero, and Yoel Romero was coming off the drug suspension. So this was like the perfect opportunity for a bullshit fight like this so yeah if there was a time they were gonna make it it was either now or never yeah. and henderson says he's gonna retire win or lose and they put on a hell of a fight five rounds went to the judges michael bisbing wins i think it was unanimous i don't think henderson got a call. No, it was majority yeah oh yeah because it was a 47 47 or 48 48 yeah. i mean something like that yeah I think I thought it was 47 47, but I guess yeah. it would have to be. I think it was because I think someone gave Hendo a 10 8. Yeah. Which 
I could certainly see. But so you had it for Henderson. Let's let's oh, hear your reasoning. Just the, I mean, Yemis finished him twice. True. And Bisping didn't do much of anything damage wise or. Yeah. I mean, he fought like he normally fights. It's a point fighter, but I mean, his face was like gone. His whole eye was shut. He got knocked down. What was the first round or the second round? The first time he got knocked down. For, for, yeah, uh, first and second. Yeah, Emma's finished both times. I'm so mad that he did get finished, but I was actually really nervous because after that, the next round, Hendo looked like he was done. Yeah, yeah. he did. And I think that's the only reason why Bisping was able to come back because Dan Henderson's like 50 and yeah, d- yeah, doesn't have any gas tank anymore, but. I, I don't know. I just thought there was no way that you could give it to Bisping. But they do that a lot with decisions and the champion. They, you really have to take it from them, I guess they say. But I just, I don't know. It really irritated me. Especially when they started reading the, the scorecards. And the way they scored it, I was like, how? I think the, the last score was like 49 46 or yeah, something. Yeah, that's like crazy. That. That's That was insane. Yeah, like how? I mean, you got knocked down in two of the five rounds. If how someone had it 49 46, that's ridiculous. Uh, I thought it was an awesome fight to watch. Like, I was not expecting it to be an entertaining fight, and it certainly was. Um, yeah. I was – look, you know I'm not a, the biggest Dan Henderson fan like you are. But yeah. I was hardcore rooting for Dan Henderson to knock him out. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, thought it was going to happen, obviously, to early on twice. Uh, first round in the la- – I, I didn't give Henderson any 10-8s because – yeah, I mean, he knocked him down and almost finished him, but it was so late in each round yeah. that I, I don't know. It was just, it was, I couldn't argue if someone did, but it just for me, it wasn't quite enough. I did have it 48 47 for Bisbing on points. If you look at it from just a scoring around each round, 10 9, I had 10 9, 10 9 for Henderson in the first two, and then I had Bisbing win in the last three. But I couldn't argue either way. I was actually hoping Henderson would have got the decision, but it was a toss-up for me, coin flip. Yeah, and Bisping does that. He's a point fighter, and he did jab and move around the last three rounds. But yeah, it was only, it was only because Dan Henderson could like hardly walk. Yeah, exactly. He, he, once he's burnt out, it's just like he can't even like hardly like pick his feet up. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I know. Wow, man, but. Bisping is tough too. You got to give it to him. He survived that and still was able to do what he normally does. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely tough. He survived that whole Anderson Silva thing and then yeah. survived this. It gets crazy, really. What a year for Michael Bisping, and he's yeah. also the luckiest motherfucker of all time. Yeah, for he sh- sure. I thought he should have lost to Anderson Silva, but then he 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 got the decision. He won. I thought he won that decision, but I—I I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get stopped. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I thought it should have been stopped in the third round, but it—it it wasn't. So good for him. He got—he definitely won the decision. And then, <laughs> if you think about it, Dan Henderson was supposed to fight Leona Machida on a UFC on Fox card uh, over the summer. Yeah. Machida pops positive. Henderson's pulled from the card. Ends up fighting Lombard to get this shot. Obviously, Weidman gets hurt for Bisping to get the shot. Then he gets that fluke knockout against Rockhold. It's like the perfect storm for him to actually win the title and defend it. 
He barely defends it against like a unranked uh, all over the hill guy, and now he might be fighting GSP. Yeah, for the middleweight title. I mean, Insane. what what a weird, crazy year for him. Yeah, definitely. And it's if, crazy to be able to fight so much this year without much. He's gotten fucked up in the fights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine if he actually did end up fighting GSP and somehow beat him? That would be insane. <laughs> to beat Anderson Silva, GSP, Dan Henderson, and Luke Rockhold in one year. That'd be... It's got to be the best year of all time. Yeah, one of them. That's up there with, like, John Jones when he first won the title and went through all those people. Yeah. But, yeah. That's insane. UFC 204 was a fun event in Manchester, England. It didn't have the name value or, like, the fight that I was so looking forward to. I thought it was the weakest pay-per-view of the year to date on paper, but in practice, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Had, didn't, it didn't fail to deliver. Yeah, and this year has been amazing with pay-per-views. Uh, but Gegard Mousasi, as I was saying earlier, he defeated Vitor Belfort here by a KO in the second round and looked great. I mean, he just looks like he has something to prove all of a sudden. Did Vitor retire? He kind of half retired and then took it back. <laughs> oh, okay. He should retire. But, yeah, he definitely should. But yeah, Belfort got one good lick on, lick in on Musasi, and Musasi gets up, shakes his head, wags his finger, and then dominates the fight from there. Yeah. Pretty cool. I've never been a huge Masasi fan because he's just so sleepy in there and kind of going through the motions, and it feels like he could be doing so much more and so much better in yeah. his fights. But I'm starting to like him more and more as time goes on. Yeah, he's very lethargic. Yeah. But then at the press conference, he was talking some shit. Yeah, I was surprised. Just saying how you definitely beat Michael Bisping. He was like, I jabbed him all night long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play his that might be the most boring fight of all time. <laughs> apparently, Conor McGregor threatened to stab him on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, I don't understand this. How can Gegard Mousasi and Conor McGregor have a beef? Yeah, I don't understand it. Mousasi seems like a soft-spoken, like, bother-nobody kind of guy. Yeah. And why would McGregor go after a light heavyweight slash middleweight? Makes no sense. None. Because he's Conor McGregor, I guess. True, true. <laughs> and lastly for a 204, Jimmy Manoa knocked out Ovin St. Pru in the second round. Brutal knockout. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. I don't know what Manoa can do in this division, but it was cool to watch that knockout. Yeah, definitely. Sucks for OSB. Yeah, that's after that kind of gutty performance against, John's, against John Jones, he shits the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? All right, well, speaking in honor of Dan Henderson, speaking of Michael Bisping, let's get to our top five middleweights of all time in the sport of MMA. Yeah. It's a division that is not great <laughs> historically, which I think – Makes sense because it's kind of that in-between weight class between welterweight and light heavyweight where you have a lot of great fighters. And especially when you have one guy who has dominated for so long, it's bound to you know not have a lot of high-level guys with great records up there with him. Yeah, it's definitely a weird division. I think a lot it, of guys have like 
fought at middleweight later in their career and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And right now, I think it's better than it's ever been, at least at the top. Yeah, if they can keep it from being all jammed, I think it'll be great. Yeah, top seven, top ten right now is pretty talented, and I think if we did this list in three to five years, it would look a lot different. Yeah. But as of now, who's your number five middleweight of all time? My number five, I've got Mike Bisbing. All right, all right. He's my number four. Yeah. Well, I, I think, especially now, he's champion and doing great. We were just talking about how great of a year he's having. But, I mean, I don't know how you can't have him in the top five. He's got the most wins of all time in yeah. the UFC, the most minutes, the most significant strikes. It's pretty impressive when you look at it in that. And now who he's beaten, he's got a lot yeah. of great w's and it's sneaky too because like if you just ask me without like without looking it up or like is michael basing a top five middleweight of all time i'd probably say at least especially before this year i would have said no but after this year yeah. i probably would have said eh, i don't think so but after looking at it he definitely is because he even his losses he has like what four or five losses in the ufc but they're all against good fighters and they're all against people who have tested positive for steroids since then. Yeah. So and, I mean, he's revenged two of them in his past two fights. Yeah. Yep. And he so. has beaten the, spoiler alert, best middleweight of all time. <laughs> and, I mean, he, he's not, like, super entertaining. He's not the prettiest fighter to watch, most entertaining guy to watch. But he gets the job done. And he's, and he's uh, always been around. Yeah. Longevity is a big part of it, and yeah, that's why he's my number four. But my number five is Rich Franklin, who was the title holder before Anderson Silva came in and wrecked shit. He was uh, another one of these Forrest Griffin types, good at everything, not exactly great at anything. He w- had a great story where he was a used to be a school teacher, turned MMA fighter, and uh, he was an entertaining guy to watch. He was a good guy to root for, but he never, he did never he won the title twice. I think he did. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely the guy before Anderson Silva showed up. But he lost to Anderson Silva twice, and he never really got back to the top of the of the game once a new new breed of fighters came in. Yeah, it kind of sucks. He never came back for one more fight. Yeah. I think his last one was against Kung Lee. That was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Chris Weidman. All right, all right. Just, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of Chris Weidman. I mean, he hasn't had the most illustrious career, but he does have those two wins over uh, Anderson Silva. And um, Lee and Machida, that was a great fight. And uh, who did he beat next? Vitor Belfort. Yeah, had a great run. So as champion, he's had some pretty good uh, wins. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think he's just, he's like, I think as long as he can get by, uh, what the hell's his name? Romero. Romero, yeah. Which kind of scares me because Romero's so big and wrestly. Yeah. But I, we'll I think he'll be able that. to beat him. Yeah, we'll break down that fight in a little bit, but... Yeah, Weidman definitely for as young as he is, he's he's had a pretty great career already. Yeah. But my number three is your boy, Dan Henderson. Me too. 
I mean, he's fought at other weight classes, but I think middleweight is his main main gig, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue against him at all. He has, even if I kid you all the time about how much I hate him, I, I don't hate him. He, <laughs> he's had a great career. He's been in, like, every significant organization other than Bellator. He's won the Pride Grand Prix, I think, right? Yeah. Or he just won the belt there. But either way, he did great in Pride. He did great in Strike Force. He beat Fedor. He beat uh, all of these big name guys. And now he never won a UFC title, but I mean, it doesn't matter. He's fought the best of the best. He's beat most of them. And yeah, I don't know. He's just great. Yeah, but he's, he's your boy, so. He's got so. the two Pride titles, and he's just been around forever and beating a lot of good fighters. It's a shame he wouldn't know he never got the UFC bill. You know, the biggest crime is that he never fought John Jones. Yeah, that, that sucked. I mean, he had it right in his grasp. And he, for what, well, first think... he got hurt, right? And then he, he lost it. And then he lost uh, um, to Machida, a split decision at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think he would have gotten absolutely worked by John Jones. But... Yeah, but it still would have been cool to see. Yeah, it would have been a guy that Jones hasn't faced until he eventually faces Rumble Johnson, I guess, or a guy who could finish him with one shot. Yeah, um, and I had my I messed my list all up. I had I had Luke Rockhold number four. All and right, Chris Weidman number three. Okay, it's all good. Rockhold was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I just want to see him do. He's definitely a great, talented young guy with already some great wins. But to me, I couldn't put him above Franklin just just yet. I think give him a year or two, some more significant wins, especially like the winner of Jacare and Rockhold coming up this month. I think whoever wins that fight will probably push ahead of Rich Franklin. But for now, they're both honorable mentions for me. Yeah, I uh. I just, I mean, he's had the uh, Strike Force title. He beat a lot of good guys there. He had the great fight with Jacare, and he's coming to the UFC and had all but the, uh, of course, the Bisping fight, but the Vitor Belfort knockouts. Like, this well, is steroids, only... yeah. Yeah. But he's had some good wins in the UFC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he beat Chris Weidman, my number two, uh, yeah. Chris Weidman, uh, but he knocked him out, and yeah, he's been super impressive. But that loss to Bisping. And his attitude and all kind of make me put him at number six, which is just off the, the top five. Yeah. But, yeah, Chris Weidman, you said it earlier. You said it well. He's he's my number two, which is crazy for how young he is. But, I mean, he, he came in, he got his big shot in kind of a, I think it was a late-minute injury replacement against Damian Maya on the second Fox card of all time. And he came in when he was really raw and young and worked Damian Maya beat him by decision, which now looking back, Damian Maya, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, even, definitely. Even, that was before he would drop down the world to wait and kind of focused on his new style, but still last minute as young as he was. And then he knocked out um what's his Mark fit? Mark Munoz. Yeah, Mark Munoz with that sick elbow. Yeah. And then he beats Anderson Silva not once, but twice to prove yep. it wasn't a fluke. So, pretty awesome. And then, obviously, you said he beat Machida. He beat Belfort. 
and impressively both both of them so yeah and i think he will bounce back and he will get back to the top of the division i think he'll he'll he will hold the belt again at some point soon even if it's not this year next year it'll be at some point he'll hold the belt again yeah i agree i think we'll get as long as he can get past romero i think he'll definitely yeah beat michael bisbing hands down oh yeah easily my number two is Dan Henderson, so we already talked about him. So I guess my number one, of course, drum roll, <laughs> Anderson Silva. Yep, has to be. It's crazy. The guy that beat him twice is number two, but the guy He's, hasn't done enough yet. <laughs> yeah, and also that was when Anderson Silva was, what, 37, 38 years old. So yeah. his illustrious career, I mean, what, he had 17 straight Title 16 defenses, or, sixteen or seventeen, something like that. Yeah, something like that, and even goes up to light heavyweight just to fuck around and beat some guys up there. Made it look. Ev- the thing is, he made everything look so easy, so yeah. effortless, and, and so exciting. Like it looked was like some matrix, matrix stuff. Yeah, well, half ex- half of them were exciting, and half of them were like, "Are yeah. you going to do anything?" Like sometimes he would just be like a cat playing with a, a mouse and just win easy decisions but never really do anything yeah yeah and a, f- a few other ones but uh like tally slates and uh, yeah but then yeah he at the same time he could do what he did to Vitor belfort a flying front kick out of nowhere just knocking him out cold he can be losing four and a half rounds to Chael Sonnen and just slap a triangle choke at the last yeah. second. And, oh, my God, he's just... That's really where, like, his legacy started. I yeah. think that was, was either the Forrest Griffin fight or the Vitor Belfort yeah. fight. Yeah, bitch slap knocks out Forrest Griffin. Yeah. That sick elbow before he was in the UFC. Like, you yeah. forget how Griffin. good he was. He was in Pride. He was... Uh, he was everywhere. He was, he was amazing, and he still he still is fun to watch, even if he's over the hill. He's still yeah. good enough to put on big fights, and you know I'll pay to watch it. Yeah, it kind of that Daniel Cormier fight sucked. Oh yeah, but for a last second replacement. No, I mean not because of his faults or anything. But yeah, he hadn't trained in like six weeks, and he stepped up to fight Daniel Cormier, like. Yeah, pretty much a heavyweight versus middleweight. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. I would like to see him fight GSP. <laughs> still, yeah. still, it's still a thing I want to see. But that would be awesome. But no matter who he fights, it's going to be big. He's just Anderson Silva. He he carries his own aura. He's a guy that will bring a buzz no matter what. Yeah, it's kind of sucks because I think we're getting to a time where any fight could be his last fight. Yeah, I know. It kind of sucks to think about. Yep, just got to enjoy them while they last. Yeah. For sure. All right, well, let's get to some news before we start previewing, looking ahead. Uh, Yeah, like I said, I want to talk about the new owners, WME, and what they're all about. They've cut 15% of the international, like employees, mostly international, like in the Canada base and the Europe base uh, some big name guys some big yeah. paycheck guys like cook and w- watson i believe were some of the names 
I mean, you got to think that Dave Schuller left because he was knew he was going to be getting. Yeah, yeah. Save some cut. face and grab another yeah. job while you can. Same with uh, Joe Silva. Yeah. So, Crazy man. And yeah, so I think, and they cut like thirteen or fourteen fighters last week. Yeah. And people are like, all the media is freaking out about this. Like, oh my god, what are what are they doing? I don't know. I I think I see what they're doing, and I think I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, did, I read something somewhere that said that in 2017, the UFC is going to look a whole lot different. Yeah, and I think that's to be expected. They're brand new. They just paid all this money. They want to try to, first of all, max, maximize their profits. Second of all, improve the product. Yeah, we love the UFC. There's a lot that can be done to make it a better product. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think I read that they are planning to... I think, what, right now there's 42 events this year, and there was... It's between 40 and 50 the past three or four years. They want to cut it down to about 30 events a year, which I think is super smart. Yeah. I think in a perfect world, you would have an event pretty much every other week. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense, Less events equals less fighters equals less bad fighters. You can just focus on stacking these cards as much as possible and not having, like, the Philippines card rely on freaking a BJ Penn versus Ricardo Lamas fight to even have a card available. You know, like, that's insane. Yeah, that's, for that to be the piece that makes that fall apart is embarrassing, really. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot more of these. I think... Two or five, two or six, two or seven is the kind of stuff you're going to be able to expect from, or they're going to try to do for all the pay per views, where you get two title fights per pay per view, or at least a title fight and a, a super fight. I think, yeah. I think that's what they got to do. You got to try to hit these huge pay per views and put on just big shows in general. And yeah, that sucks for a lot of guys who are going to lose their jobs, but they got to do what they got to do. Yeah, maybe it opens the door for a lower class, I guess you would say, mixed martial arts promotion. Somebody other, somebody other than Bellator, or yeah. maybe just Bellator. Yeah, but. World Series of Fighting. I mean, they'll probably be shut down soon, but maybe yeah. they can take advantage. But yeah, Bellator's got to be looking their chops because you know there's going to be some guys that are, they get cut, but are still good fighters. And yeah, I don't know. There's like 600 some fighters in the UFC. Yeah, you can cut two hundred of them and still have a great product, yeah, or have a better right. product. Because who wants to sit here and watch? All right, before we preview the this next card, we, here's what we got: we got Chris Avila versus Enrique Barzola, Jason Novelli versus Marco Polo Reyes. Like, what? Who wants to watch these fights? Yeah, five-hour fight cards. Not to say that these people can't or won't be good fighters at some point, but. The UFC should have fighters when they are pretty much a finished product, or at least a super prospect. Yeah, at the cream of the crop, basically, just yeah, showcase of the best fighters in the world, yeah. rather than the main card be the showcase of the best fighters in the world or the top half of the main card. Yeah, exactly. And then the rest of it be, eh. yeah, maybe we'll see where this guy goes in five or six fights. And I don't want to sound like I'm. Uh, apologists for these new ownerships because I don't really give a shit about them. I just want the best 
fights I can the best UFC I can watch. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it does suck that they never they never really said anything publicly yet or I'm sure it does suck for those people that lost their jobs and that they didn't do anything wrong necessarily, but I, I don't think know. like the for me, like just the most surprising of it was uh Cook getting fired. Yeah. Because like, Dana White was just raving about him like pretty recently about how he's like done an incredible job and he's like a or what did he say he was a rock star or yeah he's a like rock that. star uh yeah that's crazy for sure and a lot of, like the guy in canada who they let go did a great job like bringing that scene together yeah. obviously it's come down recently just because gsp retired and mcdonald went to bellator but yeah yeah i don't know it's just going to be interesting to see how how it develops and it's and I'm also surprised by how hard of a time they're getting GSP when they're throwing ten million dollars at Nick Diaz to fight Conor McGregor, which was a big fight. But I mean, you're going to tell me that GSP needs to be reintroduced and isn't a big yeah, that's fight. crazy. I mean, it does not make any sense. He to does me. not need to be reintroduced. He was already the biggest pay per view guy for years and years before. I don't think anyone's forgotten him. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And all Every you have to say is, even if people don't know who he is, they know the name. Even if they haven't seen him fight, they know the name. They know he's considered one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Just put him in an interesting matchup. He could fight. There's 20 people he could be matched up against and sell close to a million pay-per-views. Yeah. And sell out an arena in Canada, no problem. Yeah. And I think they know that. I think it's going to get done. I think it's all posturing, whether it happens for two or six or not. It's going to get done. Same yeah. shit happened with... It seems to be happening more and more with McGregor and all this stuff that just you hear... Oh, Dana White is more and more of a liar every day. If he says yeah. something's not going to happen, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. These The new owners... I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes, I guess. I mean, the biggest thing for me is that they're going to have a problem with the fighters who, rightfully so, want more money. They deserve more money. Yeah. So, I don't know. That could be their biggest issue. And I do believe that there should be a fighters union and they should be getting paid their fair chunk of, of the profits. Yeah, we're going to start seeing what's going to happen. Because, I mean, we're just now getting to the point where they're planning all of the fight cards and planning the next year or so. Yeah. Let's see what they do. I mean, if they really do shrink the schedule, I don't know if they'll make it happen next year or it's going to be a long-term thing. Or from what, what I understand, 30 events next year, so that's 12 less than this year. Wow. I guess a pay-per-view a month? Yeah, I think they're going to stay with the same 13 pay-per-views per year, and yeah. then they'll have the four Fox cards per year. That leaves 13 like Fox Sports 1 cards, I guess. Yeah. So that's Which, like one a month for a Fox Sports, one a month for pay per view, and one a quarter for Fox. That makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I think you're going to see a max exodus exodus of uh, fighters in the by the in the next few months. Yeah, I agree. Right. Hopefully, they squeeze Baltimore into one of those pay per views. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I was talking with uh, Sam that. When they come, if they come back around, I'm not missing it. So yeah, even if I have to sit I'm in the worst seats it. in the house, just gotta go. Yeah, I think I'll be probably splurging for front row again. <laughs> nice. 
All right, awesome. well, let's see. Bellator. Did we talk about Chael Sonnen talk, uh, signing with Bellator? No, I don't think we did. Sign with Bellator and fight Tito Ortiz. Yeah. It's... Most, <laughs> the most cringeworthy trash talk I've ever seen in my entire life. Squishing juice boxes. And... <laughs> it was hard to watch. It's a great signing for Bellator. Chael Sonnen. It is. It will be a great, great guy to have in the fold for them, especially with their brand is old guys <laughs> over yeah. the hill just people with name recognition but no skills left it was surprising for sure i definitely didn't see it coming yeah who do you like chael Sonnen or tito ortiz i'm gonna go with chael yeah he'll win a decision wrestle him he's a good wrestler yeah let's see Tito's, if he passes a drug um, test and maybe he doesn't have to yeah that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why he went that way yeah and speaking of hirings, uh, Risen FF has hired Shane Carwin out of retirement for their open weight uh, tournament. Did he? Yeah. Big Shane Carwin is back. And they also signed former UFC featherweight Tatsuya Kawajiri. Oh, nice. So, That'll be a good sign for them. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to see what they're headed. I mean, <laughs> they're an, another upstart. Trying to do things, weird things. <laughs> Did you see Shane Carlin knock that one guy out with one hand? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Guy. yeah, he's got power. He always did. <laughs> yeah. I would not fight Shane Carlin with one hand. Well, did you see he was he's, was supposed to fight Fedor, but then it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, so I turned down a Bellator offer. I guess that was it. No, it was supposed to be in uh, Risen. That was it. Uh... Fedor better thank whatever god he believes in. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. Holy crap. He would have got wrecked. Yeah, I, I think so. All right, last bit of news I want to talk about is John Jones. Uh, looks like he will have a shortened suspension because USADA and his own team both tested the supplement that he says was tainted, and both things he failed the drug test for did show up. Without being, you know, marked on the on the supplement, so yeah, I'm, wasn't it like generic Cialis? I'm not sure what it was, to be honest. I thought I heard that's what it was, which is pretty much Viagra. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, cocaine might give you troubles. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what other drugs he's doing, but yeah, I'm I, I'm happy. I'm I hope he is let off. If because it seems like it was a tainted supplement, but still he's putting that in his body, so he, I think he should have the rest of this year off, and then hopefully he can fight the winner of Cormier and and uh, Rumble early next year. That sucks that that's like the best fight they can put on is Anthony Johnson with Cormier. Yeah, I like the fight to be honest, yeah. but it's yeah we've already seen it. It'll probably yeah. be pretty similar. Yeah, I was gonna say I just don't see it playing out in a different way. Not that Anthony Johnson's like that bad or anything, but it's a one trick pony. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of, I was gonna do a uh, a little de- hot button debate or uh, which one is gonna be better, UFC two hundred six or UFC two hundred seven? If hypothetically Michael Bisbing fights George St Pierre. UFC 206, the top three fights would be Bisbing versus GSP, Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Johnson, and 
Anthony Pettis versus Max Holloway. Pretty solid yeah. top three. And 207 has the return of Ronda Rousey against Amanda Nunes. Dominic Cruz versus Garbrandt. And Cain Velasquez versus Fabricio Verdum, part two. That's interesting. Um, I don't, that's pretty close to me. I think the only thing that makes 206 better would be GSP. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited for the Cruz Gamer and fight. And, of course, Ronda Rousey, I want to see what she looks like. Yeah. Cain Velasquez for Dean's not that one. I mean, it's a good fight, but... It's a pretty good fight. I mean, their first fight was pretty awesome. I'm very interested to see how Velasquez looks if he's relatively more healthy and at sea level. Yeah. Um, I mean, he looks so good against Travis Brown. Yeah, but who doesn't? And Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think UFC 207 is looking better right now, but still, pretty close. Both cards, great. If if the GSP thing happens, two or five, two or six, two or seven has to be the best three pay per views consecutively in UFC history. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's turn our attention to the immediate future. Yeah. First, coming up November fourth on Friday before November fifth uh, is Liam McGeary. Versus Phil Davis in the Bellator 163 Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. What do you What do you see happening here? That's I, I mean, I haven't Bellator seen that much standards. Of that's a pretty good fight. Yeah, I just haven't seen much of McGregor. I mean, he choked out Tito. I think that's the last fight of his I saw. Yeah, he's undefeated. Yeah, Phil Davis is good. He did lose recently, didn't? he? No, I don't think he's lost in Bellator. Oh no, he he beat uh, he beat Muhammad uh, Law. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But uh, I, I think Davis could definitely beat him. I, I'm not going to say that he definitely will because I don't know how good McGreary is. But yeah, it's tough to say because of the competition aspect. Yeah, but he McGreary, I, I like McGreary a lot. I think he's very well rounded. He's decent on the feet. He has really good submissions for a guy his size, two or five. Yeah, and. Uh, Phil Davis, obviously a great wrestler, uh, can't do a whole lot on the feet. Uh, I, I don't know. I think if Davis can control him in the wrestling, he might take a decision. But I could see McGurry submitting him somehow or being able to keep it on the feet and kind of winning that way. So I'm leaning verse to Liam McGurry to keep the belt. Yeah, I was going to say that I could see him submitting him on the ground because you know Davis is going to take him down. Yeah. This is like a rare Bellator main event. Or, uh, I'll never watch a full Bellator event from start to finish just because yeah. it's, it's so uninteresting to me. I, I mean, I'm sure some of the fighters are good, but the whole presentation and everything just feels kind of cheap and lesser. But I'll definitely yeah. watch this fight for sure definitely feels more pro wrestling <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it has this place i have no problem with them being around but it's just not exactly my speed it's, unless they have these big uh circus events circus yeah. shows freak shows i'll watch them and i'll watch the actual good fights like this i think the only bellator event i was excited for was the the uh what was it called kimbo over shamrock no the one where they had the kickboxing ring next to the octagon or next to the cage. oh yeah yeah yeah. That turned out to be a flop. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. 
All right, well, let's go ahead to the next night, November 5th. We finally get some UFC action back in our lives next weekend. It's a pretty awesome card in Mexico City for free TV. Yeah. Main event being Rafael Dos Anjos against Tony Ferguson, which you would like to think the winner of this fight would get a title shot, but then you'd also like to think if Khabib beats Michael Johnson, he'll get a title shot, so who knows? Yeah, that's... But, Interesting. Yeah, RDA versus El Kikui. Who do you like? Awesome fight. Uh, it's tough. I just see how uh, RDA comes back and how he looks. Yeah. I mean, Tony Ferguson's always pretty top-notch. I think RDA's going to come back with a vengeance. And, I mean, he left Kings MMA, and I think he's going to come back looking really good and beat him. Yeah, I could... I'm, I'm really really undecided right now on this fight because Tony Ferguson, one of my favorite guys to watch in this division. I've liked him ever since he was on Ultimate Fighter one of the middle seasons, but he was raw, much more raw back then, and he's really come a long way, developed his stand-up and his submission games. He's incredibly fun to watch fight. He's constantly rolling for shit, throwing all kinds of crazy attacks out there, but RDA is just so sturdy and I could see he's so much stronger than Ferguson. He's he's built way stockier, and I, I don't know if that stuff is going to work against him that Ferguson likes to do. So I'm going to say, unfortunately, that Dersanius is going to find a way to control the fight like he did against Showtime. Ferguson might yeah. get some crazy stuff off, but I think RDA does a good job of just standing his ground, doing what he has to do to overpower him. Yeah, kind of nullify him. But I'll be rooting like crazy for Ferguson. No yeah. doubt about it. Uh, we well, also... Go ahead. I'm just not that big of a fan of either of them, so I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah, I know you hate RDA. I didn't know you hated my boy Tony. I wouldn't say I hate him. I just not... Definitely was never excited for him to get a title shot or anything like that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he'll win you over. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have... Speaking of Bellator, Marcin Held, former Bellator fighter, making his UFC debut against Diego Sanchez. He is still around. <laughs> Coming off a brutal knockout loss to Joe Lozon. Uh, Marcin Held is a guy who, over his last eight fights, he's 7-1, and his only loss was to Will Brooks for the title. So, pretty good there. But yeah. you'd never know the competition that Bellator brings. Yeah. Uh, he's a submission artist, I believe. I've only seen him fight a couple times, and I can't really remember a lot about him. I don't care who he is. I'm taking anybody that fights Diego Sanchez at this point. Yeah, I think you should definitely hang him up, especially after that last fight that was tough to watch. Yeah, oh, my God. I can't believe he's back. I know it was, like, a while ago, but I can't believe he's back already still. Yeah. It was only July. It was two. It was two hundred, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like uh, three. Yeah, four, three, four months ago. So it's pretty quick. The way he just got destroyed. Yeah. Whatever happened to the six month knockout suspension? I feel like they don't follow that at all. Well, I think it's more of a guideline, and uh, there's a like a there's a time. I think it's like a sixty day thing for most. Where it's like you definitely can't come back for this. But if you can get doctor clearance before, they can always kind of get out of it with a doctor giving them the okay. Uh, okay. So, 
Next up, we have Charles Oliveira, formerly talked about. His loss to Pettis. He's fighting Ricardo Lamas, who is coming off a cancellation of his fight with BJ Penn. He gets a much t- tougher opponent here <laughs> in Bronx. This is a pretty fun fight. Two guys that are kind of in that middle of the top 10 range, but I could see either one of them maybe making their way back up. Yeah. I just, um, Ricardo Lamas just, he's good, but he's just, he's stuck in like the middle of that division, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. He's, he doesn't excite me, but he's definitely a solid fighter. Yeah. He beats the guys he's supposed to beat, and he loses to the guys that are a step up. Yeah. But since Oliveira is kind of in a somewhat similar position, this is an interesting fight for me. Yeah. I think Lamas is the stronger guy. The better wrestler, the better, maybe the better striker, but I think it's close. I think Oliveira gets underrated in his striking. But Oliveira, I just think he's going to find a way to drag it to the mat, especially coming off the loss he just he just did. Uh, I think he's going to find a way to submit Lamas second, third round. Yeah, I think that's probably how it will turn out. Yep, yep. Well, we got next... Benil Dariush versus Rashid Magomedov. Underrated fight here. Dariush is 13-2. and two. Uh, he's, he's His only loss was a... Shit, now I can't remember. I did have it in my head <laughs> earlier. His only loss recently was to Michael Chiesa. That's what it was. He got submitted. And uh, other than that, he's on a pretty good streak, winning six of his last seven. And uh, he's a pretty decent prospect in the lightweight division. And Rashid Magomedov is 19-1, undefeated since he came over to the UFC. So I don't know. I've seen Darius fight like five times. I've seen Magomedov fight like once or twice. So I don't know a ton about him, which leads me to pick Darius in a close fight. But I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. This Dagestani guys are always tough as hell. Yeah. Assuming that's where he's from. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's probably going to be a really good fight. I don't know much about either of them either, but uh, it'll probably be a good contenders, or not contenders fight, a prospects fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the fourth fight down on an FS1 card these days, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, last one I want to talk about is Alexa Grasso making her UFC debut. She's an 8-0 prospect at the strawweight division. She's been in Invicta for the last four fights of her career. She's a pretty good prospect coming up. Has some pretty good wins over there. And she's making her debut against Heather Joe Clark, who's a tough but not all that talented fighter from what I've yeah. seen. So I expect Grasso to come in and win and win impressively and make a name for herself but I was surprised to see that she was on this card and making her debut so I'm excited to see what she's got yeah that'd be interesting that's something we forgot to mention earlier is Mackenzie Dern oh yeah just had an impressive submission yeah she missed weight but missed weight by like three pounds I heard she's already talking with the UFC so I'm sure it won't be too long before she's UFC bound and yeah. That's a marketable star right there. Definitely. <laughs> a great jiu-jitsu artist who is attractive and 
pretty much looks to have it all as far as a promoter would be concerned. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see what she's got. Uh, all right, so next up is Bellator 164, another main event that might be worth checking out. It's the welterweight title, Andre Koroshkov versus Douglas Lima. I've only seen Koroshkov fight once against Ben Henderson, and he dominated him. Yeah. I've never seen Douglas Lima fight, so I don't really have a breakdown, but I just wanted to mention it because it's a fight I'm going to try to check out and just see see what's going on. Yeah, it'd be good to see what, what he does after that. I mean, he just destroyed Ben Henderson. Yeah, well, and now, right now he's in a light, lightweight title fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming right off of that. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be the day before UFC 205. So a little appetizer. Du jour on Veterans Day. <laughs> Which brings us to the the main event. It's Madison Square Garden MMA premiering in New York for the first time. I'm going to start at the bottom of the card and work our way up, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that'll work. Alright, well on uh, Fight Pass, we've got Liz Carmouche versus Caitlin Chukagian. I'll go with Liz Carmouche because I don't know who the other person is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. <laughs> it's the only fight on this card. Well, there's a couple fights on here that are like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, this is the best fight card they've ever put together, in my opinion. So Yeah, for sure. Hard to claim. Uh, next up, Tim Boach versus Hafi Natal. Middleweight fight on, uh, on Fight Pass. Tim Boach is the guy who... <laughs> He's been on a bit of a losing streak, but I think he's won maybe one or two in a row. Knocked out Ed Herman last time out. And Natal is a a steady guy who, like, wins two, loses one. Wins two, loses one, it seems to be. So yeah. I, I'm going to take Natal just because I think Boach is a little washed up at this point. But uh, interesting fight. Both have knockout power. Yeah, I think you could say that about Natal too. Yeah, yeah. That he's washed up, but yeah, that's just sure. two, two older welterweight or I mean middleweights or yeah middleweights. That I mean, I get, I don't even know if you can call them gatekeepers, but it'll be a yeah. good, probably a good slugfest. Yeah, I could see loser being cut in this day and age. So yeah, I'm gonna take ten bows. All right, make it interesting. Let's bet a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh no! <exactly. laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, the fight pass main event of the evening is. The aforementioned Jim Miller against Tiago Alves in a lightweight clash. Um, fun fight here. Uh, Alves was supposed to fight Ali Quinta, but there's a whole bunch of drama going on with uh, with him and his contract, yeah, which seems to be crazy. a trend in this in this sport. That was crazy that they they said that he couldn't win a post fight bonus for three fights. Because yeah. he didn't go to the fighter summit. Yeah, that is Isn't insane. That's insane. What gives them the right to decide that? So that could hurt the person he's fighting. Like he could have a fight of the night and they don't give it to him, and yeah. that would fuck the other fighter ever. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. No matter I mean, which crazy. way you look at it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this fight, I think this will be a decent fight. But Jim Miller, even if he has looked better of late, he's still over the hill, washed up, and Alves, while. He's came back from injury, and I think he's 1-1 one one since then. He's still the much better athlete, the younger fighter, the better fighter. So I'm going to go with Alves by knockout at some point. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I don't think Tim Miller's that bad, but I think Alves has been around for a while himself. 
let me give you the straight dope on Jim Miller. His last 10 fights or so. Let's see. He lost to Nate Diaz. Beat Joe Lozon. Lost to Pat Healy. Won two in a row. Lost by, by knockout. Lost by decision. Alright, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> He's like four and six in his last ten or five and five or something. So, yeah. It's not... Not incredible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to prove. He's a gritty. He's a gritty fighter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna walk right through him. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. I'm gonna take him by decision. I yeah. Okay. I would bet on that one, but let's move on to (laughs) uh, Vicente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad in the biggest what the fuck fight of the night. No, but Muhammad's nine and zero. Luque was. Off the ultimate fighter, and he's an injury replacement. So I got nothing. I'll go with the undefeated guy. Um, I'll go with the other guy. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're into the meat and potatoes of this thing. You got Rashad Evans making his middleweight debut. Like you said, it's where people go when uh, they're kind of at the end of their career. Um, drop down from yeah. light heavyweight, and he's fighting Tim Kennedy, who hasn't fought in over two years. Yeah, um, interesting fight for sure. Rashad Evans, who has not looked great of late, he's had some no. injury issues and he's lost two in a row, one by knockout to Glover Teixeira and one decision to Ryan Bader. Uh, but Tim Kennedy, his last fight was a crazy fight against Yoel Romero, where yeah. uh, he lost, but didn't make any sense. Yeah, a lot of weird stuff going on with with that one. So it's almost like just forget the outcome and just kind of pretend it never happened. Yeah. What do you gonna think is going to happen Tim here? Kennedy is gonna work. I think Tim Kennedy is going to work Rashad only because like I follow him on Instagram. He looks, I mean, he looks so chiseled, ripped. He looks like a goddamn Greek but he looks fucking incredible. He's got like a 12 pack. He looks like he's literally made out of marble. I think he's going to work. <laughs> Rashad is it a USADA, USADA issue here? What, with Tim Kennedy? Yeah, the last person I would expect. Uh, Tim Kennedy has any issues with USADA. No. If that's what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. he's roid raging. No. no. No, I don't think he's one of those people. He's always been so vocal against it. Of course, there's been a lot of people that are very vocal against it that get popped. and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like Tim Kennedy all that much. Yeah. But I do tend to agree that he's going to win this fight. I just think Rashad Evans is kind of shopworn. I think... Yeah. I don't even know if it's necessarily, like, the fights he's been through. I think it's just injuries are taking their toll. Yeah. And I don't know. He's not a small, super small light heavyweight, so that's yeah. going to be, be a tough cut for him. It's been noticeable, like, watching him on Fox. He looks a lot smaller. Yeah. In my opinion. But uh, I thought I was very surprised when this fight got announced. About, I mean, I, there was talks of him and dropping down the middle ways against Tim Kennedy. I was like, wow, that's Renata Gimme. And if he loses that, I mean, where's he going to go? I mean, so it's, he's in a very tough situation. I think his back's against the wall in this fight. Yeah. And I don't give him, I don't give him much of a chance to win. Other than unless he comes in and looks bigger than Tim Kennedy and uses that as to his advantage, which 
Could happen. He worked Chael Sonnen. So maybe he'll do that to Tim Kennedy. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, but I do agree. Tim Kennedy's going to win. So next up is Khabib Nurmagomedov against Michael Johnson. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, a really cool fight. It was thrown on at the last second. Pretty crazy prelims here with uh, Evans Kennedy this fight and also Frankie Edgar coming up. But, yeah, Khabib undefeated. Was supposed to get the title shot. They jumped him for McGregor. Michael Johnson talked his way into this opportunity. I think if Khabib wins, he probably has to get the title shot, but it's not a walk in the park. Yeah. Uh, All right, I don't see any way Michael Johnson's going to beat him. Khabib is such a badass. It's, I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. Agreed. I, I don't think Michael Johnson's that force <laughs> to be yeah. going against him. Yeah, for sure. But I just don't think – I think people are sleeping on Johnson a little bit here. I, I do give him a chance. I mean, Khabib is amazing, but he's also been dealing with some injuries. He hasn't fought anyone other than Daryl Horcher in like over a year. Uh, he looked good in that fight. Though. He did. He There's no no denying that. But he does have weaknesses. I mean, he did ragdoll RDA, who has looked great since then. But Michael Johnson's a pretty good wrestler himself, and he's he's got some some boxing skills. Khabib doesn't have the stand up striking that you want to see yet, but. If he gets a hold of him, he'll probably control him, slam him around, beat him up on the ground. Yeah. I'm obviously going to pick Khabib here, but I just – I wouldn't be surprised – I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised, but I would not be shocked if Michael Johnson kind of derailed the hype train. I guess it's a shot in the dark. I'm definitely going with Khabib too. Though. Yeah, definitely. And the last preliminary fight, which – just amazing. Frankie Edgar is fighting Jeremy. Who the fuck is that? Stevens. Uh, <laughs> um, pretty. That? <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. But uh, pretty crazy fight to main uh, headline the preliminary card on Fox Sports One. Fox Sports One. Excuse me. I'm getting a little loopy. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, big time pow- power puncher. But Frankie Edgar, our man. Yeah. Uh, he's just. Probably the best lightweight of all time, top ten featherweight of all time. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to put work in here. I think he's going to just dominate Stevens like he did to Cub Swanson, like he's done to everybody except Jose Aldo at this division. Yeah. Especially coming off that Jose Aldo fight where he just didn't really come out and perform. Yeah, I'm shocked he's fighting at featherweight again. I kind of expected him to drop down to bantamweight. To be honest with you. Yeah, I thought something like that could happen too. And maybe he still can, and maybe this just was a chance for him to get on this card in New York and, you know, have a meaningful fight. So I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't think he's going to get another shot at all, though. He's going to have to hope that someone beats him or something happens. Yeah, I agree, just because of it. I mean, the first title fight was a lot closer than the second one. He didn't have, he did, didn't really challenge yeah. Aldo at all at 200. Yep. But I think he's going to circle around and jab and beat Stevens up. Throw in a couple takedowns here and there. Yep, 100% agree. Whatever he wants to do, I think he, he he can win any way he wants. Yeah. So, all right, we paid our 60 bucks. Now we're moving on to the pay-per-view card. Six-fight pay-per-view, which is kind of weird, especially when there's three title shots that could all go five rounds. So 
they must not have many commercials uh, <laughs> up for this. Yeah. But uh, the first one out of the gates is Misha Tate returning after her loss to Amanda Nunes to lose the Bantamweight belt against Raquel Pennington, who's on a three-fight winning streak. And I think she, she definitely was on the season that Tate coached against Ronda Rousey. I don't know if she was on her team or against or against her, but... Yeah, I feel like she was on Ronda's team, because isn't she, like, part of that, her, like, group? I'm not sure. There? I don't know. It's so weird. It's It wasn't that long ago, but I've already forgotten, like, all that four horse women or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was one of them, but I could be wrong. But either way, I think this is an interesting fight. I think it's a good bounce back fight for Tate. Gets her against someone who's up and coming, who's pretty tough, but someone she should handle. She should be able to win this fight. Uh, big test for Pennington to go from, I mean, she wasn't fighting nobodies, but she's fighting like middle of the road Bantamweights, and now she's on a main card pay-per-view of the biggest fight card in history against Misha Tate. I think, I mean, that's a lot for anyone to deal with, and I think Tate will win this fight, finish it before the end. Yeah, I think she's going to win it handily. I mean, I think uh, Pennington's last win was Betchcore, if I'm correct, but uh, I think Misha Tate's going to have no problem winning this fight, and she really shouldn't. Not yeah. that Pennington's a bad fighter, but yeah, I agreed. I think Tate's in a different class. Well, Pennington, her last fight, she won a unanimous decision against Elizabeth Phillips. Yeah. And the fight before that was a split decision against Betch Cahaya. Yeah. And she submitted Jessica Andrade before that and sent her down the strawweight. So she's not a slouch, but shes I don't think she's to Tate's level. Yeah, I agree. Next up, we have what should have been an even more awesome fight, but we have Donald Cerrone fighting Kelvin Gastelum. He was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler, and could you imagine this card if that was the case? But That would be insane. <laughs> but uh, this is still a pretty fun fight. Cerrone continues his quest to dominate the welterweight division and speed up the ranks after moving up from lightweight. Yeah. Gastelum is a guy who, he's had his ups and downs, but he's still so young and really talented if he if he can make weight consistently he can still be uh, someone of a, somewhat of a player in this division he's two and two in his last four lost a split decision to tyron woodley after missing weight he knocked out nate marcourt lost a split decision to neil magny and beat johnny Hendricks at ufc 200 cowboy speaking, speaking of johnny Hendricks, real quick did you hear he said he's retiring if he loses the next fight <laughs> yeah i hope he loses yeah, me too. I should have <laughs> threw that in there. <laughs> yeah, fuck Johnny Hendricks. Yeah. <laughs> but Cerrone's on a tear, 3-0 since moving up to welterweight. He's beaten Alex Cowboy Oliveira, uh, Patrick Cote, and uh, Rick Story, Rick Carr Story, yeah. his last time out. Impressive fashion in everyone. Yeah. And um, I'm going to say he continues that reign. I, I think this is definitely the toughest fight of the four since moving up. But I think he's just too much of a veteran. And Gaslam is still so young that I don't think he, he's going to have the game plan that Cerrone's going to have. Yeah, I agree. I think, especially with that combo that Cerrone threw in oh, that yeah. Rick Story fight, I just don't think Gaslam's got that striking. Yeah, I mean, Gaslam's going to be the bigger, stronger guy because this is a guy that won the middleweight 
Ultimate Fighter season. He's going to have the size advantage, but Cerrone, he's he's got the clinch game. He's going to have the Muay Thai. He's got submissions. I just think he'll find a way. And he seems to be getting better and better, which is insane for the amount of fights he has yeah. and just how often he fights. I think and a big his thing age. of his, his success at Walter Wade has been the fact that he doesn't come out like cold in the first round and take a whole round to warm up. Yeah. He's been great in the first round. Yeah. If he can continue that, I think he's going to not have too much trouble beating Kevin Gasly. Yeah, and I guess maybe the weight cut is to, to blame for that. Yeah, just looking back, I mean... What other reason could there be? Yeah. Uh, all right, so next up we have another awesome fight. It's Chris Weidman returning from his injuries and his first ever loss to Luke Rockhold. And he's going up against Yoel Romero coming off his drug suspension. So they're both coming off of some adversity, but both are super talented top five middleweights. And the winner of this should have a decent argument to get a title shot. Yeah. I would I would hate to see Chris Weidman lose this fight. I don't think he's going to. I yeah, in New York, in his backyard. Yeah, I think there's a definitely a chance he could lose this for fight. For sure, for sure. I'm hoping he can put a good game plan in and work out a way to win. Yeah, I like Weidman here. I think he'll he'll get it done. I just think he's more well-rounded, been through more adversity. Romero is a wild, crazy fighter. I mean, he definitely could come out, throw some crazy strikes, knock him out. He could come out, do what Rockhold did, catch a spinning kick, take him down and ground him out. Yeah. Uh, but I just think he's not disciplined enough against a guy of Chris Weidman's caliber. Plus, he's he's only been in the UFC or in MMA for like not that long. He only has 12 yeah. fights of his career, but he is an older guy. I think he's in his late 30s, so uh, I, I do like Weidman to win this fight, and I'm rooting for that outcome because I think it would be awesome to see him win in New York after yeah. fighting so hard to get the UFC there, and I want to see Chris Weidman get that belt back. So Yeah, I completely agree. I think, although I think after what you said, like how Chris Weidman lost in his last fight, getting taken down and not being that great off his back. I think he's definitely going to be looking to take him down and throw some ground and pound. Yeah, I do too. He wants it. I think he he's not going to mess around. He's not going to let Romero get under his skin. Romero's not a guy who's talking trash or anything, so yeah, he'll be able to stick to a game plan and, and get it done, in my opinion. Yeah. Alright, so let's get to the first of three title fights Three awesome title fights. I think all three of these are just exceptional matchups. Yeah. First up, we have one of my favorite fighters, Ioana Jacek, uh, twelve and zero against Karolina Kowalkiewicz, ten and zero. So both undefeated, both Polish girls, both excellent strikers. So, uh, I mean, Ioana is incredible. Did you see that video of her throwing those elbows? No. I didn't oh see my that. God. <laughs> she had, there's this video. I think the UFC posted on Facebook where for like a minute straight, she's just throwing these sick, vicious elbows to the, to the pads, like quick, look powerful, oh, man. Um, nasty stuff. and Feel good on your face. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and Joanna just proved how tough she was against Gadea, taking the beating she did. So I think even if Kovalkovich can get to her early, she's proven that she can rebound and be resilient. She's the most 
I think she has to be one of the most well-conditioned athletes in the sport. And I think her experience going five rounds and just facing the competition that she has is going to have her win this decision against Kovalkovic. But just should be a great uh, striking exchange in this. Yeah, I don't think game. it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be easy for her. I mean, I'm glad. I'm really glad it's on this play card. But wouldn't it make a lot more sense to take them to Poland and have that title fight? Yeah, for sure. But apparently, there's a big Polish population in New York and. Uh, she wanted to be on it, so, yeah. and I guess maybe before they locked down McGregor Alvarez, they just wanted to make sure they at least had two good title fights, if in case that didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. And all the better that it did, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely glad it's on it. I I, I agree. I think uh, she Joanna's <laughs> going to take it. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it. I don't know much about Valentina besides the Holly Holm fight, but no, this she, is not Valentina Shevchenko. This is. Oh yeah, yeah. Carolina yeah. Kovalkovich, who just beat yeah. uh, Rose Namajunas. Yeah, that's what I was Yeah, but um, it's two different weight classes. But I think it's going to be, like you said, an interesting striking exchange. But uh, Joanna's definitely going to yeah. take it. I think it'll be a good test, but she'll be able to do what she does. So the second of the three title fights is the welterweight. Championship with Tyron Woodley fresh off his knockout victory against Robbie Lawler against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who is thirteen and one. He's only lost to Matt Brown, and that was a while ago. He's been super impressive of late, beating Johnny Hendricks and Rory McDonald, and getting this title fight much deservedly. Even if Woodley was calling out the likes of Nick Diaz and who was the other one? Um, uh, GSP, I guess. GSP, yeah. So, very GSP trying to like set it up. Yeah, yeah, I saw that shit. Very, very fun fight here. I love watching Stephen Thompson fight anybody, and Tyron Woodley just has enormous power if he connects. But that is the question. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about this? Well, first off, I gotta say I don't think there's a fighter in the UFC that I despise more than Tyron Woodley. (laughs) I cannot stand him. And I think you're not the only one. He got a lot of booze at the press conference. Yeah, he's terrible, but, uh, I mean, he knocked out Robbie Lawler. There's no argument with that, but I don't think he should have got that title fight, but yeah. he did, and he won. I'm glad that he's fighting Stephen Thompson and not somebody that doesn't deserve the title shot. I I remember me and you watching Stephen Thompson's first fight, like this new karate guy yep. and a weird, bouncy style, and he's been exciting ever since then, so I'm really excited to see him get this title shot, and I hope he decimates Tyron Woodley. Yeah, um, he kicks him in the face and knocks him out. <laughs> I'm pretty much right there with you. I don't hate Tyron Woodley. I he's not my favorite fighter, but I don't quite understand all the hate he's getting. I mean, dude, I didn't agree that he. I didn't think he deserved the title shot against Robbie Lawler, but he definitely once he was there did the work and knocked him out fair and square. Yeah, I think he's a talented fighter. I don't hate him. Uh, but I do love Stephen Thompson way, way more. He's just so fun to watch, so exciting with his unique style, and I think he's improved tremendously in his defensive wrestling. Uh, he's not going to let what happened to Matt against Matt Brown happen again. You saw that against Hendricks. You saw that against McDonald. He's, you're not going to take him. I mean, you. I guess it is possible, but he's he definitely improved so much working with Chris Weidman and them that I don't think it's likely that Woodley's going to take him down. So I think it's going to be a striking battle. 
And I will take Thompson all day, every day in any striking affair. Although yeah. Woodley does have that roll of the dice. He could roll a 20 and knock him out just like he did with Robbie Lawler. Yeah. But I do think Thompson is much more elusive than Lawler. He might not have the chin that Lawler was known for before that, but he's more elusive. He's more careful getting in and out and not taking a lot of damage. So I think Thompson yeah. will piece him up, maybe finish him in the fourth round, fifth round, late. Yeah, he's just got those sneaky head kicks where he just swifts his foot up so quick. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, he'll be a fun champion to have at welterweight. Yeah, for sure. Bring on GSP then, or bring on anybody. You know, that, yeah. Just like with Robbie Lawler as champion, he's a guy that it doesn't matter who he's fighting. It's going to be fun to watch, and I'm going to give my money X amount of dollars to see it happen. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're finally to the main event, the big one, Conor McGregor moving up, down, whatever. He's finally at lightweight uh, <laughs> to fight Eddie Alvarez, the – I still can't believe he's champ, lightweight champion. <laughs> uh, Alvarez coming off the knockout win over RDA to win the belt, and McGregor coming off his revenge decision victory against Nate Diaz, which we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, insanely incredible, awesome fight here. Every adjective, positive adjective there is, I will use it. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? It's... It's, it's a toss-up. I mean, Alvarez has not looked very impressive. I mean, besides the RDA fight, he looked pretty all right. But and he was hasn't good. looked very impressive yeah. in any of his fights, really. Agreed. I mean, and Connor has, besides, I mean, his blemish against Nate Diaz, but he did gas in the second fight, but he came back from that. So I just don't know if he's going to be able to hit him, pot shot him with, like he does in featherweight and knock people down in the first round. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that to Alvarez, so it might be a five-round war like those uh, Nate Diaz fights. Yeah, I'm kind of... I think Alvarez is not ready for this spotlight, the main event of this huge card against Conor McGregor. At the press conference, I thought he looked scared. I mean, I wouldn't say scared, but he just looked not... He he couldn't hang with Conor McGregor. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, and obviously that's different than in the cage when they're actually fighting. But like you said, he hasn't been all that impressive. He's had a long career. He's been through some wars. He's taken damage. He just looked like a different fighter when he first came into the UFC. He's winning fights with clinch battles and split decisions and bad decisions. And, and yeah, he, he was it was awesome when he knocked out RDA. But don't forget the first two, three minutes of that fight. He was losing handily. Yeah, He was getting yeah. handled on the feet anywhere. And he landed an awesome shot and took advantage of it, no doubt about it. But I just see Conor McGregor. This is the perfect weight for him. He's He doesn't have to worry about the big cut. He also doesn't have to worry about packing on as much muscle as he can. Yeah. And he has so much power for someone of his stature. And I honestly just see him running through Alvarez and finishing him in the first or second round. But if Alvarez can survive the first two rounds, we know McGregor can get tired. And Alvarez is tough, and he can make it an interesting match if it gets paid. I don't think Alvarez is going to finish McGregor. I think Alvarez could win by decision if McGregor gasses out and after the first two rounds and Alvarez survives and wins the last three. 
But I just think McGregor is going to knock him out. And I don't think it's going to be particularly uh, tough for him. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I just think it's a tough stylistic matchup for Alvarez. I think this was the, like if McGregor was going to enter lightweight and win the belt, this was the guy, like the perfect guy to do it against, just because yeah. he's shorter, stockier, right-handed. So I don't know. I just think it's a perfect matchup. I think he would have had a tougher time against RDA, against uh, Khabib, against Ferguson. All those guys, yeah. I think, would have given him a tougher time. Yeah, I agree. And I also I was thinking about like that second Nate Diaz fight. He threw a lot of leg kicks, and uh, Alvarez got taken apart. I mean, I know they're not the same people, and leg kicks are probably totally different from Cerrone and yeah. Conor McGregor. But he got demolished by Cerrone's yep. leg kicks. So he did. I don't know if Conor's going to throw those leg kicks, being worried about the takedown, but it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So we both think McGregor's going to win. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say he probably does finish it. Yeah. TKO. Yeah. Third um, It's going to be awesome. That's going to be an incredible star. Even more, like, turn up the volume on the star power even more. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I think we both think he's going to relinquish the featherweight belt. Yeah. Hang on to the lightweight belt. And it gets very interesting from there, After because that, yeah. first of all, he has some secret announcement he wants to make after the fight, which Dana White knows about, but he says he's going to let Connor tell us, and that it's something positive, which a lot of people are saying he's going to semi-retire or go on hiatus, which that doesn't jive with me if Dana White already knows what it is and says it's positive. Yeah. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand really what it could be either. I think maybe it's something like he's starting some kind of McGregor promotion, or I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, ho- I was thinking that too. I could see it being the retiring thing, but I just hope it's not. Like I don't, I mean, he doesn't. I don't, I don't think he any... needs to make a big announcement if it's like a I'm taking a year off, like that. Yeah. I don't. Why would you tease that? Like I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's not like that's going to make people happy. <laughs> yeah, he could just do that. Like, he could win and just do that anyway and say he's just waiting for the right offer to come in or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to. I gonna... did hear that. I heard his girlfriend's pregnant, which I don't know if that's true, but I did hear yeah, that. Yeah, I heard that too. But, I mean, a lot of fighters probably have pregnant girlfriends and wives. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm interested to hear what it is, but assuming it's not a retirement or semi-retirement, what's next for Conor McGregor if he wins the lightweight championship? I think he probably loses to Nurmagan Gadoff, however you say his name. I I don't think they're going to make that fight. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Conor will not sign off on that. Uh, I think he'll either get the winner of Ferguson versus RDA or most likely Nate Diaz part three. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's For the lightweight championship. And Khabib will do more bitching and maybe even retire, but I don't think the UFC will care because they'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, for sure. And Nate already said he's not fighting again until he fights Conor. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Maybe if McGregor wins and wants to take a little break, they could say, Nate, who do you want to fight at lightweight to earn quote unquote earn the thing so you're not coming off a loss maybe yeah 
I don't know. But what if McGregor loses? What happens then? Uh, it doesn't relinquish their form. <laughs> that's title. for sure. It gets to cut and wait. <laughs> yep, that's that's right. So it's a win-win. For... <laughs> I mean, what are, what are the uh, do you think the UFC would co-promote with Conor McGregor? I don't think the Fertitas ever would. I don't know if what WME uh, yeah. is thinking about. Maybe yeah, he talked very... to them and they came up with something to help each other out, make a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fun. know. It's interesting. Definitely. Sure. If, if Dana White thinks it's positive, I have to think he's making money on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I will be in New York the week before this, which I'm kind of upset it's not yeah. fight week that I'll be there for, but going yeah. up to New York. My dad's running the New York Marathon, so I'm excited. I'm going to stop by at least in front of Madison Square Garden and check out the posters and stuff like that. Yeah, man. I've been there twice for an Oasis concert. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder how much tickets are, especially secondhand. I heard they are a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, in Baltimore, I got a third row seat for six hundred bucks. I heard you can't even get nosebleeds for that, or the <laughs> nosebleeds are like four hundred bucks. I think. Yeah, might be worth Which it. Is crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to come back together and do our next podcast immediately following UFC two hundred five. Yeah. Because there's still plenty of good fights to come after that. We'll break them all down. We will. Uh give our decisions i don't know i'm trying to come up with some kind of catchy way to end these things <laughs> <laughs> we won't be on such a long hiatus yeah for sure hopefully not um yeah our goal i think still remains to do one after every pay-per-view event it just got i mean we only miss one looking back yeah. so there's there's a big hiatus in fights right here so it gave us a chance to kind of get our bearing straight yep so we will talk to you in a few weeks, or you'll listen to us talk in a few weeks. And <laughs> if you want to get at us through email, you can email us at theredbeltreport at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at redbeltreport. Or just keep an eye out on the RSS feed, and we'll show up when the next episode comes out. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. God damn it. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>